0: You're listening to The Oracle Podcast, where your story matters. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Oracle. Something really amazing happened uh, just a week ago in my life, uh, just over a week ago. Last Friday, um, July 10th, I got married to this wonderful woman now named Kalmani Omoa. Yeah, you hold your applause. Um, Just so happy. Uh, Marriage changed the world real quick in my life. Uh, You know, like, I keep telling people, uh, Kalmani is like a renovator and she has a great eye for vision. Um, a great eye for art and the way things are supposed to look like, you know, now my living room has a rug. I've never thought I'd ever have a rug in my house. Um, there's art and uh, paintings in the bathroom. Uh, I grew up in a house where our bathroom was just plain. So, uh, my life is changing, but for the better. And I'm really excited about that. Um, but I won't go into much about my marriage, but again, so just so happy, huge milestone, huge thing in my life. Uh, and my life has forever changed for the better. Um, this episode, we have Jeffrey Boyd, also known as the Tatted Pastor, here sharing his story. Really excited to hear his story. Uh, he talks about how Jesus is for you. Um, what does that mean? You know, I think we are kind of taught that Jesus is for us only when we're in a certain way, only when we act a certain way. Um, but the reality is, is that Jesus is for us now. That Jesus is for us right at this moment he's not waiting for us to be a certain way before he's for us he died for us as we were he died for us as we are and he died for us as we're going to be and so it changes the perspective changes how you live and how you relate to god when you know that he's for you right now he's not waiting for you to be a certain way he's for you now and so i want you guys to think about that embrace that fact as you listen to jeffrey boyd's story thanks a lot jeff for coming and sharing your story on the oracle thank you guys for supporting stay blessed
1: yeah um. So my name is Jeff Boyd. Um, I'm, I'm currently living in Danville, Kentucky, which is like central Kentucky area. Um, I'm a youth pastor out here, um, and I was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Go for Cards! Uh, we can't have our basketball, man. That's that's the the, the the hard thing is not being able to have my basketball because in Kentucky, I mean, uh, college basketball is all we really have because we ain't got no professional team. Um, but, yeah, so um, I'm a youth pastor out here. I also work at a children's hospital. So I work at um, a, ch- uh, a child hospital where they have trauma um, and they need therapy, and they can't be at, at home. Um, so I'm kind of a direct care counselor there. So that's what I that's what I do. I'm also, wow. you know what I'm saying, married, married man. Um, and it, ain't, it ain't my better half. It's my better whole, you know what I'm saying? We ain't two halves or two holes coming together.
0: Mm. Um, but, yeah, man, so that's that's me, man, in a nutshell. Um, All right. Yeah, we got Jeffrey Boyd, uh, the Tatted Pastor. How did you get that? How you, do you, you go by that name? So, so when I've
1: always, you know, had nicknames for myself. Um, and before I was the Tatted Pastor, I was the Jesus Hippie. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then so I just started to get, honestly, I just started to get blasted. I just started to get, like, tattoos. And uh, I, was, I became a pastor about five years ago. And I was just like, a lot of people were like, oh, you're a pastor. Do you have tattoos? Because in Kentucky, it's a little, uh, it's a little traditional, uh, very conservative mindsets. Um, and so, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm the tatted pastor. I'm the, I'm the tatted pastor, a pastor who um, loves tattoos, loves, loves art. But at the same time, um, I want to see people who look like me. I got gauges, you know, I got half-inch half holes in my ears, you know, people that look like me. Um, to know that they can have a place at the table with Jesus Christ. Mm. And so um, in my, and where I'm from and around here, you know, to say tatted pastor in the same sentence, is kind of like a anomaly. You know what I'm saying? It's it's um, you like, you don't do that, you know? So that's why I kind of put that on that, that badge on. So as the tatted pastor. Yeah.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to actually just uh, ask you a little bit about that, Jeff. Um, What have you found have been uh, the difficulties of being yourself as a pastor? Um yeah that's, like or or not just conforming to whatever pastors look like dude that's 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 heavy that's
1: actually what's on me right now, and that's kind of what you know you said, you know what you wanted to talk about. It's difficult because not only am I um a a black man in the south, I'm also a black man married to a white woman, um and I'm a pastor, and I'm from inner city louisville and which is like kind of the place where they say don't go, and so the 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 big struggle that I think I found is um the the social norms and what society says I should be as a man and as a Christian, and then what my identity in Jesus Christ is and they they a lot of times because I know I don't know if this is you, but for me i because I didn't really have my dad, I kind of seek others' opinion and like what do you think of me? what do you think of me? And for a long time, that's put me down because you know if you ask someone, you someone. If you live by someone's opinion, you're gonna die by their judgment. And when you know when it when it comes to being a pastor, I found myself you know because I want to grow my hair out, I want to dye it blue, and people are like, oh, you can't you can't be on stage like that. I'm like, well, well, why? Well, why? Why not? Um, but I think you know being a pastor in this in in this community and in you know, very uh, conservative. Um, mindset place uh, I found myself just like really seeking the Lord and saying what do you think about me and what do you want from me and then also allowing myself to kind of give the I don't care what you think mentality which is hard because you want to be a pastor who cares about what people how people feel but you have to also kind of sift through all of that junk and say hey Lord this is what was said to me today Someone said that, you know, they don't think I should do this or wear that. And, you know, what do you think about me? I think that's, you know, the place where I found myself, you know, wh- Lord, what do you think? How do you feel about me? What is, what do you, who do you say I am? Like, Lord, who, who do you say I am as, as, as Jeffrey Boyd? Who do you say I am? And I think that was, that's a place that I just come to. Like, even this week, I'm about to be 30. I'm about to be 30 at the end of the year, but even this week, I found myself at twenty nine saying, like, Lord, who do you say I am? What do you want from me? And that's kind of the 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 moment I think where the Lord really showed me that He's so pleased with where I am and that He's so pleased with who I am and He'll bless my efforts towards pleasing Him and not pleasing the others. And so yeah. I think that's the dichotomy of of, of that.
0: Mm, so Jeff just uh let me know your story. Where did you how did you grow up in sense of in Christianity? What led you to be a pastor? You said you've been a pastor for five years. So what is it that gave you that momentum to enter ministry? Where did you start off? When did you become serious about uh God for yourself?
1: Yeah, so um, like I said, I grew up in inner city Louisville and we were we didn't go to church. Um I grew up in a dysfunctional home, very separated. Um my father, you know, had I had my little brother while my mother was six months pregnant with me. And so, and so there was a, with, with another woman. And so there was a lot of, you know, dysfunction inside of my home. Uh, my father was into some things that, that, you know, I shouldn't have been a part of. And so growing up, um, I had my grandmother and she was kind of my rock. Um, uh, my mom was 16 and my dad was 18 when they had me. So I had my grandmother, um, and so, you know, growing up in the inner city Louisville, it's gang violence, drugs, all those things. Um, it's common. It's common to hear gunshots. Um, it's just, you know, that's just life how we lived it. Um, and then literally December 31st, 2000, or, you know, January 1st, 2000, like that, the change of the millennium. My mom went to church um, at a church in Louisville, and she gave her life to Jesus. And... Um, which is that's like that's kind of the start of you know the genesis of my relationship with Jesus because my mom told my mom chose to give her life to christ um and so i was I was you know ten years old when that happened, and it was crazy because people immediately started calling me pastor and um for a a ten year old that's kind of like what you know um what is this and uh and so I started going to church, and I became I became you know very close with the pastor there. Um, and so, but there was still something that was off to me. Um, and I gave my life to Christ uh, when I was 15 years old, uh, 14 years old, and um, I knew that God you know entered into my heart. I knew I had that moment with Jesus, and I was baptized. But then, right when I had given my life to Jesus, I was almost immediately faced with all right, so now you need to do this. You need to give this stuff. You need to do this and this and this and this. And I was like, given, <laughs> instead of giving a, a love letter, which I believe the Bible is, I was given a rule book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, I just want to listen to Outcasts. Like, <laughs> I <laughs> I, love, I just love take all yeah. Like, why can't I just listen to Outcast and love Jesus at the same time? Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. And
1: so, um. And so you know, I was placed with those 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 rules, and I remember you know. People looked at me different. My friends at church stopped, you know, talking to me because their moms were like, you need to be baptized just like him. Look at him and blah, blah, blah. And I really did not like that because it was almost like I was alienated from my normal. And, um, you know, I prayed a prayer uh, because there was a lot of rules, man. It was like, you got to do this and, this and this and this and this and this to go to heaven. And I'm just like, now that I read my Bible, I'm like, I appreciate sure There's only like one real thing you got to do. You know, to, to get that key, you know what I'm saying. And then there's a life changing. He mm. brings you into glory, um, mm. but I, I prayed this prayer. I said, you know, Lord, if this is you, these rules, these laws, I want nothing to do with you. Mm. But if you're real, I want to see you like Moses. And so, and so that was my prayer for a long time. Um, so throughout high school, um, I really just said, forget it. You know, um, I was in I was in choir. But at the same time I was going off as soon as church let out, I was going out doing whatever I wanted to do. And that was that was hard because I had to put on the mask of, you know, I'm Jeff, you know what I'm saying? They called me Tiger growing up because they said I looked like Tiger Woods. And so, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, I gotta be Tiger, I gotta be him. He's the he's the one at the church that's like this and that. But at the same time, I was like, but I wanna do this with her and that with them and, and I was like living a double life for, for about seven years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then in 2009, my grandmother passed away from cancer. And that was when my aunt, to be honest, man, my hatred toward God started. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I started to hate God because I didn't understand like, why would you take the only person that cares and loves me away from me? You know, and, and cancer, cancer came it hit and it, and it took it. Mm-hmm. And that was almost an immediate thing. Um, and so, you know, I just said, forget it. You know, if, if, this, is, if this is who God is, if he steals, <laughs> if he kills, and if he destroys, and that, that was my mentality. And I know that's weird to, to say, but that's what I thought about God. I thought God legitimately was the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I wanted, nothing, I wanted nothing to do with him. And, you know, people were still calling me pastor. I was still going to church with my mother. And I was just like, no, I'm not. That's not me. And uh, then I went to University of Kentucky. I graduated. After five years, I dropped out. You know what I'm saying? Dropped out of high school. It's high. You know what I'm saying? Um, But went to to University of Kentucky. And literally, man, the first night, and I'm about to show my, I already told my age, but the first night there was a party at this building called CSF. And CSF is Christian Student Fellowship. And I didn't know that at the time. But they were playing Teach Me How to Dougie. And I was like, what is this? You know, like, let me get in here. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And they're like, you know, (laughs) they're like, you know, you want an L.A.? And I was like, what is an L.A.? Like, I thought it was a beer, you know, but it's like a ginger ale in Kentucky. And, you know, I was like, all right, for sure, you know. So I'm, like, talking to this guy named Ruman. And I'm like, what is this place? You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, I'm like dancing, like feeling myself. Like, hey, think like we out here. And they're like, you know, this is Christian Student Fellowship. I was like, y'all Christians? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Y'all Christians out here? Dugging? Um And, and so <laughs> I was like, this can't be. This cannot be. Um, and from that point, man, I, I met like five dudes in that night. And I stayed at CSF for about three hours after the party was over. It ended around like one o'clock. And we're just talking. They're just telling me about God and who God was to them. And I'm like, my mind is being blown because I'm just like, how, how in the world can you say you love Jesus and do all this? Because what I was taught was, you know, you got to work, you can't, women can't wear this, women can't do that, men can't do this, you can't do this, that, and the third And I was kind of met with uh, like life almost, you know, like actual life um, and living in Jesus and being free. And so um, from that moment on, I started going to CSF and like actually seeing people worship. And I was just like, "This, this this is what you do with God, you know, because the church I was going to, and I don't want to bash any type of denomination, that's not what I'm here to do, but the church I was going to, a lot of the worship was for show. Um, you know, and it was like, you know, it was like, this is who we are, you know, I'm doing this right now. And then it was like, I, for the first time in my life witnessed real worship Mm. and like what it means to like just worship God like this, you know, like actually have an encounter with, with the Holy Spirit and like enter into heaven's gates with worship. And I was just like, man, this is crazy. And so I started going to CSF, um, and, uh, we went to one spring break. We went to uh, Sarasota, Florida, and we were out on the beach, and one of my buddies, Kurt Vernon, was was worshiping, and we just having worship moment, and I'm just like, feeling, oh, you know, I'm out here, like, you know, <clears throat> and then he's like, all right, I want you all to walk the beach and just say, God, like, what do you want? What do you want from me? Hmm. And, and I feel like that was a question I never really asked God. I always asked God to give me things, but I would never ask him, like, what does he want from me? Um, and so I started walking the beach, man. And like, as I was gonna tell you, you know, my prayer, even still to that day was if this, if this is you, these rules and these laws, I don't want anything to do with you, but if you're real, I want to see you like Moses. And that was, that legitimately was my prayer <clears throat> for years, um, just about a decade. And so where I'm out walking on the beach, man, and I see this crane and this crane is just like walking really close to me and I'm just like I'm a nerd for animals man I love them and so I'm just like whoa like this crane is letting me get really really close like why is it not flying away um so I'm just following this bird not even really paying attention to God or worshiping um and I'm just like God like or I'm just like wow like this is this is awesome and so the bird stops and like looks at me and it walks away and I'm like you know what God i am going I'ma get back to 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 worship him, because you know that's what I'm out here supposed to be doing. And so I I stand out on the beach, and literally, man, the stars, and this is about to get a little crazy, but I'll tell you like my prayer for a long time is I want to see God like Moses. Mm. And the stars formed uh like the stars almost formed like in a circle. And my my grandmother started speaking from the heavens and I was like I started to like weep because I heard her voice like audibly for the first time in like seven years or four years five years and I was just like I'm I'm, I'll just miss you you know I got she didn't get to see me graduate she didn't get to see me go to school like and I was just like I miss you so much like I, I I love you and I want you to be proud of me. And literally, like, as, just imagine as, you know, we open and close our mouths, the light, the, the stars are shining like that. And she says, I'm so proud of you. And so is, so is God. And I'm just like bawling my face off, man. It's not, you know, like the real cry, you know, you drooling, got drainage coming out your ears, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and so the crane walks back up to me. And I'm just like, well, hey, you know, like, what's up, dude? And so I I start to follow the crane more, and it was about 20 yards, and the crane the crane started to walk into the water, and I'm like kind of following it into the water a bit, and it's pitch black out, like it's like almost 12 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night at the beach, and so it's pitch black, and I walk out into the to the shore or into the water deeper, and the crane man, the crane disappears like it turns into light implodes and then disappears and immediately um, immediately fear enters into my heart mm. um, because I'm like whoa what was that you know did that just happen and then I'm like you know I'm a nerd I'm like that bird had a six and a half bit wingspan if it would have flown away I would have seen it I would have heard it um, I would have smelled the bird fly away and then from from inside the the ocean from inside the ocean i heard god say do not be afraid my son come closer to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. it was like it was like it was like a thunder and a whisper um and so i started to walk into the water and the 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 waves are hitting my ankles and my shins and it feels it feels like a like a tap but it sounds like thunder um and i walk into the water and go deeper. And I say, God, like, I can't do this. I can't, I'm, I'm too afraid. And he says, again, do not be afraid. My son come closer to me. And I'm just like, you know, like, first of all, I know this gotta be you. And I ain't trying to be like your your boy's wife. If I turn around, I'm gonna turn to some salt. Like I ain't even trying to do that. (laughs) Like, Oh, I know this is you Lord. So keep it moving. (laughs) And so um, I go, I go out, I go out into the ocean and it's about, you know, belly button, um, deep. And I say, God, like, what what do you, what do you want from me? What do you want to do with me? And he says so clearly, man, he says, I want to baptize you. And I'm like, wow, what, you know, like there's no one around, you know? And he says, I want to baptize you. And so me being the jokester I am, I was like, I believe, I believe that Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is Lord, Son of the Living God. <laughs> like, son of, my Lord, my Lord, my Savior. Like, you know, I read through that. the by off. Yeah, I do I baptize myself and I'm able to follow the Son, <laughs> of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus' name, just in case I'm wrong. You know, like, and so I'm joking around, but I'm so afraid. So I go down, I fall down into water, and I come back up, man, and it was like all my sorrow, all my fear, because, because there was a lot I was holding on to. There was a gigantic like hurt that I was holding on to. All of that was gone, and it was like joy to like cackling, like just like the loudest laugh. I'm just like, just like laughing and, and, and crying, and then I hear, man, like almost like 250 people are around me clapping, and no one is around. Wow. And, and, and God says, you know, you are my son and I'm proud of you. And I walk out of the water and I go back to like my group of um, like all my friends. There's like 40 of us. And they're just like, why are you wet? <laughs> <laughs> and so I tell them the story. And, you know, one of my buddies, John David, was like, bro, I saw you walk- walking with that bird. I saw that. And so from that moment, it was, you know, March 15th, like 24, 13, 12, one of those 12, I think it was 2012 from that moment. That's when I really felt like the Lord, I think that like when I was 15, I think I accepted him as my savior. But when, when I, when I was 21, that was when I truly like accepted his heart and his, Like, it was like the the, the second baptism that, you know, Jesus talked about. It was that moment where I really accepted his love and I gave my life fully to him. Um, And so that kind of started the, all right, what do you want to do with me? That was my mentality. Wherever you want me to go, I'm going to go. And so I started working at a camp called Kids Across America um, in Missouri and, you know, we out there and I'm out there hanging out with high school students. And I'm like, this is actually really cool. So then I was like, I'm, I'm already going to be a high school math teacher. That's what I, you know, went to school to be. Um, it's like, you know, I'm going to be the math teacher that everyone loves. and We're going to learn how to actually do addition. Um, and God was like, no, I want you to be a pastor. And so then I was like, okay, well, then what do I need to do? And it was beautiful how the Lord kind of set me up to like, allow it to not be myself because I think I was trying to do things and so that I would get the glory and then my hand, my print, my handprints will be all on it. You know, I tried to yeah, go to Grand yeah, university yeah. in Phoenix and all these things started falling through and my father ended up passing away. And so I had to drop out of college and it was just like, you know, I don't, I don't have a degree. I can't do this. I can't do that without that degree. And one day at John David's wedding, um, I met this guy named Jason Kilby, and I mean he's a tall man. This guy's like six foot eight, big bald white dude. You know, <laughs> like you can't miss him. You know, <laughs> and uh, he walks up to me and he and I know that this was led by the Holy Spirit, man. He said, "What's your Jesus story?" And I was like, take, "Grab a chair," you know what I'm saying? And I went through the same thing I just took you through. And so we started to hang out, man. Our, our relationship started over some Qdoba burritos, and I was like, "We gotta go, we gotta go to Mo's on Monday, you know what I'm saying? Get that five dollar jump. And uh, and then he was like, "You know what? I want to start something with the youth. you want to be in charge of?" And I was like, "Hey, does a one footed duck swim in a circle?" Yes, yes it does. <laughs> and so uh, and so, you know, that kind of started the journey toward me being a pastor. Um, and now that I look back, man, they were calling me pastor 13 10 years old, and I was running away from it. Mm-hmm. We're running away from it. And I think, you know, the Lord was so faithful with bringing me to a place where I could accept him and, and who he really was, and then grow me into a man where I could then lead people. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of that's kind of my story, man. That's like the, that's the part, that's the story that I give um, to the people that won't look at me like a bird disappeared, you know? <laughs> like, that's how you learn. <laughs> but um, that's that's the real story, man. That's how the Lord captivated me. Um, yeah. He definitely pursued me in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And, you know, inside of my dirtiness and, 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 and tar-filled, like my tar-covered rock heart, he shined a light on it and turned that heart into flesh. And now, you know, I'm in a place where I never thought I'd be, you know. Um, I'm from, like I said, man, I'm from, I'm from Louisville and I have a backyard and a cat and a dog and like a wife. We got like lawn chairs in the back and a grill. I'm like, like this is not something that i would ever, and I'm in Danville, Kentucky, um, which is very, very small. I didn't even know Danville existed. Um, <laughs> but you know, the Lord, the Lord was definitely so faithful in, it, in drawing me into this place of, you know, this is my glory. Now you get to experience my glory. Yeah. So, so that's,
0: what do you feel what do you feel like God's always still still teaching you today? What is something that you still need uh to always come back to with him?
1: Yeah, I think dude, I think it's I think it's the place that my, my dad was never able to give me. And I think my mm. heavenly father consistently wants me to know that he's proud. Mm, I think mm, like mm. I get we get I I mean for myself as a man I get down on myself when I fail and he's just like I'm proud proud of you like i see I trust you, and I think that's that's something that God is yelling from the heavens like I, I trust you i'm proud of you your uh, your you your desire to 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 glorify me is all I need, and so I think that's that's one big thing
0: that's 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 huge, and I relate to that um I think the trouble the struggle with it is how do we tune our ear to hear that you know like i think like you mentioned it earlier um we kind of do things to get the approval of others. It's easier that way. Like if I know that the people around me, the people I'm serving, the people that I care about their opinion, they accept what I'm doing. It's fine. Right. But mm-hmm. if they don't, that's a struggle. But then we're always told like, you're like exactly what you're saying. Like God is saying, I'm proud of you. God's saying like, I believe in you. Uh, you know, uh, my faithful servant, I'm, I'm proud of what you're doing. But it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, we can't hear it. Yeah. You know, like, how, What do you do to try and tune your ear to that? Dude, it's, it's, when
1: honestly, it's meditating on that. It's meditating on that, like legitimately sitting down and I'm a 100% extrovert. I'm loud, um, but quieting my soul and saying, you're proud of me. You're proud of me. And meditating mm-hmm. on that daily, I think that is where I f- have found the most freedom because I think, you know, if you're told, you know, you got buck teeth, your teeth are big, your teeth are big, your teeth are big, then you're going to look in the mirror and say, like, my teeth are big. You know, you're going to, you're going to oh, do that. Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I need to get some, you know, and so I think, like, when we consistently are, are, are meditating on that, um, I'm loved by him. I'm a son. I'm a son. What does that mean? I have a place beside him. And I think if we legitimately devote ourselves to meditating on that, and I know that meditation, you know, I think the enemy kind of stole, took meditation and made it something that it's not, you know, emptying yourself. But I think that meditation and when Jesus is meditating on my word, I think it means like, let me fill you up. With that, let me fill you up with the fact that you're a child of God. Let me fill you up with the fact that you're beautiful. You're really made in my image. I created you. I created you to worship me. I also created you to go out and and, and be only it be the light that only I've made you to be. Um, but meditating on that, and I, I mean, I sit down on the floor, man, and I I will listen to the same song on repeat uh, until until I understand and I like for that day for that 24 hours because I think we try to. Like for me, um, I try to, you know, I I need to be this by this, you know, and I want to be this guy by that date. But Jesus is like, don't worry about that. Like tomorrow has enough worries for that. Keep this 24 hours and get your daily bread, like my my Mm -hmm. son, you know. And I feel like that's how God talks. Like, come on, dog, chill out. Don't worry about tomorrow. What about now? Where are we at now? I love you right here. I see Mm -hmm. you right here. You're loved by me right here. I said they said you're this I'm saying you're this and so but I think there's also the kind of that balance of is there something and I think this is where you have to take it to the Lord is is there something that that I am doing that does not please you is there Mm -hmm. something that I'm doing that I don't see that does that is bringing people away from God like what is what is what is this person really trying to say and in their criticism or whatever that is that you want to give me um and so that's that's kind of where I've found the most freedom in those moments.
0: Mm, got you. Um, I want to ask a little bit, just unpacking what you were talking about earlier in being a pastor or a leader, but yet uh, looking different than some people, um, yeah. being who you are. And I, I love I love what you what you, the way you represent yourself, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like you're saying, like there's people who are drawn to you because of that. There's people who uh, cannot go to a typical or uh, I guess the way society normalizes pastors or a conservative look um, because of the way they feel, but are, are, you being yourself, um, how do you cope with the possibility of people because of their own issues, because of their own baggage and stuff, because their own like sight, um, that they won't, I guess, connect with you because of that. How do you cope with that?
1: Um, to be, to be honest, it's kind of like, the, the the OG in me wants to be like, all right, forget you, cuz. Like, back, back on up there. If you if, hey, you either get with it or get lost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But I think that I have come to the conclusion that, you know what, Lord? Everybody isn't for me, but you're for everyone. So if there's someone that can get them closer to God, then then that's okay. But I think when I, what, with people's judgment and they're saying I'm supposed to be that way, that's what I kind of push off. You know i kind of i kind of you know when jesus was like hey go into this town if they don't accept you dust off your feet dust off your shoulders and and move and i think when it comes to people's like that type of criticism like oh you're you're this," so i can't i'm like all right cool then that's fine but i hope that you find a place where you can get closer to jesus as someone that can mm-hmm. decide for you and that can you know lead you toward him but if you can't if you can't ride with me that's fine not everybody can and i i think it took me a while even with my students um it took me a while to be like, it's okay to not come to my group. It's okay to not come to our church, but I want you to go somewhere. I want you to experience God somewhere. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're prideful to say that we can reach every single person. You know, um, Billy Graham himself was asked, you know, out of everybody that you preach to, how many, what percentage do you think will actually see God? And he was like, 3%. Wow. Or, or, or one third, sorry, one third. And he was like, you know, fertile ground. Rocky ground and ground, our ground in the sun, and I was just like that's, that. That kind of stuck to me. Even Billy Graham, one of the biggest evangelists of of our, you know, our, our past generation of the century, um, said that I can't reach everyone, and I think that was a place where you know I had to come to myself. It's like I I can't reach everyone. I'm not for everybody, but Jesus is, and if you can find a place where you can get closer to Him and go for it.
0: Wow, that's actually really motivating because you're right. Um... Even that text where Jesus is talking to the disciples and tells them, like, they don't have to wait in every city for everybody. They can move on uh, because we don't need to reach everyone. But like you said, Jesus does. Jesus is for everyone. That's powerful. Um, I think a big thing that people struggle with, and I think your story touches with it, is uh, acknowledging that God um, wants to connect with them and that God is Mm -hmm. chasing after them. Yeah. Just just as we wrap up, Jeff, like, what would you say to people so that they can finally see, like, the way God met you where you were in your unique way uh, at the water? Like, he knew he'd been chasing after you forever, even through the pain, even through the mess and everything. He was always chasing at you, but then you you finally recognized it. Uh, what would you tell people to finally uh, tune themselves or to turn around or where to look so that they can actually see that Jesus has always been chasing after them? Yeah
1: um I guess like my honest thing is like God is for you um that was something that I really didn't understand it's like, you know God is God is for you he's for you he is with you he he sees your pain he exists with your pain he's in the room with your pain he is for you um I think that's that's the biggest thing, man. God, God is for you, and I think for so long I felt like He was against me because He wanted me to. He, I felt like He wanted me to be something I wasn't, but I think He just wanted me to be His as I was, so that He can make me greater. Um, and so, God has got this for you, and He's not against you. He's He doesn't set up things to to cause you to stumble so that He can say I was right and you were wrong. Um, but
0: but but God is God is for you. I think that's, that's my thing. God is for you.